Hello and welcome to Men in Charge. I'm Kevin Decker. And I'm Tony Flynn. Today's episode is We're Living Your Best Life. We're living it, you're not. Yeah, whatever your best life is, since of course we only get one of them, your best life by definition is whatever you happen to be doing right now. So if you're like us sitting around in the basement in underwear, drinking European cognac swill, then you're living your best life. (laughs) Yeah, whether you wanted it or not, or whether you thought of it as your life, it's your life now because we're living it. We've sort of co-opted it, like uh, oligarchic co-optation of democracy, don't you yeah, think, Kevin? either that or, you know, cuckoo birds leaving their children in the nest. Above. I was never sure if the cuckoo was the co-opt or the co-optee. It is the co-opter. The things that you care about are like the runt, blue-footed booby that got left outside of the nest. Of course, it's a vestigial episode for a vestigial season. So if you're still listening, we could um, even talk about the upcoming uh, segments in today's episode. Oh, we should absolutely do that. So here's a new idea. Tony and I have given up enthusiasm for producing this season for so long now that we're finally down to just two sketches per episode. Because we don't care anymore. We just really don't care. They are two great sketches, but some of you who are more interested in quantity than quality may still be upset. If you are, we really don't care about that either. No, but I mean, we have quantity in the sense of duration, the sense of longueur. We've co-opted, to come back to that term again, something that we see in, in an increasing number of movies that are too long, which is the multiple ending phenomenon. We think, oh, this movie has finally ended now. The characters have reconciled. Oh, no, there's another ending that has to do with building a barn or something. You know, everybody (laughs) coming together. And then there's a final explosion. There's a hand reaching up from the grave. We, in fact, might be doing that in this season for reasons you'll learn as the season progresses. And that hand we will not identify for purposes of mystery and (laughs) deferment of meaning. So what is our first segment in today's episode? Our first segment, which is how they say segment in Sweden, is uh, (laughs) Mr. Skid's episode seven, Mr. Skid Saves the Federal Reserve. I cannot tell you how much, ladies and gentlemen, I love the Mr. Skids universe and character. Tony, you wrote this, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about it. The excitement here is that Mrs. Armbruster's high school friend, Michelle Bowman, a member of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors, is coming to Lower Heights on a listening tour. Yes, it's that Michelle Bowman. That's right. But in any case, things are not as they seem. But pay attention to Billy when he has to hand over the holly wreath to Michelle Bowman. (laughs) The truth comes out like what spills from a broken beer bottle. And this is particularly poignant right now because of course the allies of the Federal Reserve are as we speak right now raising interest rates on everything. And I don't really know much about economics, but apparently that's an interesting and significant fact. It's like hands tightening around the throat of the economy from behind. Did you ever see Alan Greenspan? He looks like somebody who would come up from behind. After that, we have another in our series of deputized episodes. As you will recall, Sheriff Coors and Deputy Thorne Withers each week do a podcast where they deputize a member 
of the Lower Heights community. This week, it is well-upholstered character actor Sidney Greenstreet from the 30s and 40s. Long dead, but resurrected for this occasion. And uh, Tony will be playing the character. That I'm he... afraid that'll be all too apparent to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Sidney Greenstreet has been around on Men in Charge before, and it is appropriate that now that uh, Deputy Withers and Sheriff Coors are investigating uh, white-collar crime in Lower Heights that he'll show up. <laughs> and now it's time for Mr. Skids Saves the Federal Reserve. Mr. Skids, a surly drunkard with a heart of limestone, until recently lived in a shabby apartment in a run-down, pre-boarded-up building in Pansy Hollow, which is just downwind from Upper Lower Heights. Whenever his neighbors came clamoring to him for help, Mr. Skids was quick to lock his door against them. Having inadvertently burned down his apartment building in our last episode, Mr. Skids has not yet figured out which abandoned building to occupy next. So today finds Mr. Skids once again face down on the sidewalk, half-consciously breathing in the fragrance of French fries marinating in spilled RC cola. Well, dang it to Kansas, Mr. Skids. You made me trip over you and spill my drink and drop my fries. Can't you be drunk in public somewhere else besides the sidewalk? I don't choose where to take a break from consciousness, Officer Coors. I just discover where I am when I wake up. That's why my life is such an adventure. Well, that's just, uh, I don't know what, but you still owe me a new lunch. Well, then you owe me a new bottle of gin, Coors. What? How in your saggy trousers do you figure that? All this time you've been jawing on and on here about your RC cola and fries, I could have been having a drink. You'd better lawyer up, Coors. Hey there, Mr. Skids. There's no reason to get all litaditious. We were just talking here. Mr. Skids! Oh, Mr. Skids! There you are! I have a fun new project for you. Howdy there, Mrs. Armbruster. You're looking mighty fine today. I especially admire the way your tiara catches the sunlight and throws a sexy glare right into my eyeballs. It's good I'm wearing my police shades or I'd have to look away. Please do, Officer Coors. Now, help me lift Mr. Skids into a sitting position against the wall here. Uh, sure thing, Mrs. Armbruster. <laughs> oh, and watch his head. Well, he must be used to these noggin wraps by now, surely. Speaking of which, Mrs. Armbruster, Mr. Skids is planning to sue me. Could you maybe serve as a character witness on my behalf? I'm sure I'll be busy then. What does he want to sue you for, anyway? Uh, frankly, I don't remember. It all happened so fast. And then I saw your tiara, so... Sorry. You've used up your time here, Officer Coors. I'm talking to Mr. Skids now. Okay, then. Uh, I need more lunch anyways. Well, Mrs. Armbruster, 
Did you happen to bring me a lasagna? This sidewalk is mighty hard. Sure did, Mr. Skids. Here it is. Fresh from the freezer. Ow! You can savor it later, Mr. Skids. Now I must tell you my exciting news. Why don't I just doze off while you tell me all about it? Well, the Federal Reserve is coming to lower heights. Isn't that wonderful? The Federal Reserve? Mrs. Armbruster, how can the Federal Reserve come to lower heights? It's the national financial system for monitoring interest rates and the money supply, as well as guaranteeing the bank deposits of ordinary Americans. How can that system come to lower heights? <laughs> Not the entire Federal Reserve, Billy. That would be silly and impossible. Just Michelle Bowman from the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. She's driving through the provinces with her staff on a listening tour. I'm holding a reception for her in the pavilion on my lower lawn. But Mrs. Arbrewster, why a listening tour? And why is Michelle Bowman coming to your house? <laughs> oh, Billy, Michelle and I were in high school together. And Washington, D.C. folks always go on listening tours when they have important things they want to tell us. But see here now, why aren't you in school? Uh, Mrs. Hardmilk suspended me after I said Jesus couldn't have been a capitalist because he said, blessed are the poor. She said I took the Sermon on the Mount out of context. Well, we can't have you running wild in the streets unoccupied. You can help me get ready for the arrival. I know. You can be the generic town boy who hands Michelle a welcoming wreath. And come to think of it, you'd better get busy building that wreath. She and her entourage will be here at two o'clock. Jeez, Mrs. Armbruster, not a holly wreath again, I hope. Last time I used up an entire box of band-aids and my hands were swollen for weeks. Now, Billy, you need some holly to express how monetary policy may be harsh to some, but beautiful to others. Now, here's a dollar. Go buy some bandages for afterward and get busy harvesting that holly. Hurry along now. Mm, okay, Mrs. Armbruster. As for you, Mr. Skids... We need to get you cleaned up so that I can present you to Michelle as one of my Mediterranean lovers. Time passes, listener, and suddenly it's afternoon. Under her pavilion in the lower back lawn of her estate, Mrs. Armbruster is in a tizzy of excitement as she waits for Michelle Bowman and her entourage. Now, Billy, take those bandages off. They're stained and unsightly. You can put them back on after you've handed Mrs. Bowman the wreath. Aw, oh, jeez, Mrs. Armbruster. 
Why, Michelle, Michelle Bowman, second vice president of the future fee handlers of America. You haven't changed a bit since high school. Uh, apart from the usual extra heaviness around the face and a certain girdle to find midsection, I wouldn't have recognized you without your name tag. And you go by Mrs. Armbruster now, I see? I always knew only marriage would be the making of you. Oh, I'm not married, especially. I have a number of Mediterranean lovers instead. Why, here's one right now! You mean the one asleep here under the chaise long, with only half of his face shaved, a half-done haircut, and smelling strongly of gin and laundry detergent? Billy, you were supposed to have finished him by now. Oh, never why, yes, Michelle. He's resting from a <laughs> colonel ordeal. How interesting. In any case, shall we get started? I have only an hour before the Federal Reserve listening tour staff and I have to head off and listen somewhere else. Oh, very well. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to welcome this afternoon my dear, dear friend, Michelle K. Bowman, member of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. Billy, But, but it's Michelle W. Bowman who's on the Federal Reserve Board of Governors. What's that, Billy? Never mind the wreath. Just be brave when you hold it up. What's that, Billy? Never mind. The wreath. Just be brave when you hold it up. But this lady's a fraud, Mrs. Armbruster. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm of course thrilled to be visiting you all here in dimmer lights. That's lower heights. Yes, of course. As we travel from town to town, we here at the Federal Reserve have a small favor on behalf of America to ask. For the sake of national security, we'd like each of you to write down your social security numbers. And if they check out for a small cash fee, the Federal Reserve will immediately grant you new, stronger social security numbers. Here's your wreath, fraud lady. Ow, ow, it's prickly. Here, you take it, snoring man. Huh? Huh? Ow! What's this? Billy, are you trying to shave me again? Get this spiky mess off me. Give me back my briefcase, you nasty little boy. Catch, Mr. Skids! Ow! My, my confidential documents. They're blowing away. Somebody run and collect them. Ha! We've got you now, Michelle Fraudster Bowman. Those confidential documents of yours probably contain thousands of stolen Social Security numbers, as well as records of bribes from various naive offshore holding companies for the promise that you'd get the Federal Reserve to lower interest rates just for them. See what you've done, Mr. Skids? You're a hero! 
because her briefcase broke open when it struck your head, it spilled out all manner of incriminating documents. Had she been able to persist in her criminal enterprise, she would have destroyed America's faith in the Federal Reserve and thus in our entire banking system, which would have led to global financial ruin. By saving the Federal Reserve, Mr. Skids, you've saved all of us. That's all the time we have now for Mr. Skids Saves the Federal Reserve. Tune in again next time when we'll hear Officer Coors say, So, Mrs. Armbruster, the only time you invite me to your house is when you want me to arrest someone? I feel sort of used. You're enjoying the audio bromide, Men in Charge. And now, this. Deputy Thorn Withers. Good afternoon, listeners. Whatever time of the day you're listening, welcome to Deputized, starring Timothy Oliphant. Thanks for introducing the new podcast, Deputy. Of course, uh, Timothy Oliphant could not be with us today. Again. Well, Timothy Oliphant's a busy man, Thorn. Why, the missus just read to me the other day that he's in the midst of filming a second Deadwood reunion. And guess what? this time they get off the island. That's as it may be, Chief. Do you want to introduce today's guest star? Folks, each week here in Lower Heights County, we affix a shiny deputy's badge on a new, fairly famous citizen of Lower Heights. And then they get to help us solve a crime. But, uh, Thorna, I have shame to say that I do not remember this week's guest. Chief... Today, it's well-upholstered character actor and movie star villain from the 1940s, Sidney Greenstreet. Oh, that's right. I used to watch his movies growing up on UHF Channel 30. It was free, though. Ah, here he comes now. Ah, this must be the constabulary of the local borough. Sheriff Coors, is it not? And dare I venture whether this is Deputy Withers? Chief, he knowed our names. Mr. Greenstreet, Deputy Withers and I are big fans. Oh, really? (laughs) And which of my silver screen appearances have you cherished most highly? Oh. He's asking us which of his films we like, Chief. Oh. Ah. (laughs) Sheriff Coors, 
You know, I like a man who's indecision and let's not beat about the bush, shall we? Whose ignorance leaves open opportunities for others to leverage their, shall we say, superior conversational abilities? Oh, he's saying we ought to let him do the talking, Chief. Precisely so, my young deputy lad. Now, shall we retire to your <clears throat> squad car to commence with solving today's crime? I am a particular expert in the area of, one could say, the ways of maleficent social elements. Uh, here's your deputy's badge, Mr. Greenstreet. Do you want me to... <laughs> oh, how pretty it is. How it glitters. I will pin it upon my own lapel, deputy. The king, as it were, crowns himself in the absence of the archbishop, eh? Whatever you say, Mr. Greenstreet. Half course? You got your ass on out there? I am, Daltrissa. We're in the middle of a podcast episode of Deputize, starring Timothy Oliphant. What do you got for us? Oh, I just love that Timothy Oliphant. Chief, we got a code one four six. That's breaking and entering. That's eleven eight thirty five Smiley Avenue. That's the old Willow's place. We're on it, Daltrissa. Oh, a breaking and entering. How I remember the good old days of simple misdemeanors in Hell's Kitchen. Dare I hope that we might stop the miscreant in the act? We can only hope. Let's go, Chief. This is just like in the misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. himself to grab the bottle of gin he said that he left here. I wonder how he got in and out with this place being all boarded up. Uh-oh, better hide. Deputy Withers, uh, I'd break down the door myself, but uh, as you know, there's a crick in my back. Okay, Sheriff. Stand back. Stand back, Mr. Greenstreet. Most assuredly, I will, sir. Thank you kindly, Deputy. All right, whoever you are in here, we know where you're hiding. And why don't you come and find me? That sounds like young Billy from town. Billy, what are you doing here? I told you after you and Dan Blanche broke into the Social Security office that you were skating on thin ice. Come on out, Billy, or we'll have to flush you out. Go on about your business, you all. I'm just retrieving Mr. Skid's bottle of gin he left here at the Halloween party. Billy, there ain't been nobody living here legally for 25 years. If Mr. Skid's left a bottle, it was because he was squatting. Now, come out. Gentlemen, gentlemen, there's no reason to treat our young Billy, did you say his name was? To treat him roughly. Who's that? Have you got another ride-along for your podcast, Sheriff Course? That's none of your business, young Scalawag. Scalawag, indeed. Young Billy, why don't you come out where we can see you? Say, I have a bright, shiny dime for anyone who's willing to be brave.
Ooh, a dime. I kind of like your new ride-along, Sheriff. Kind of like? Kind of like? <laughs> you know, Billy, I like a man who's willing to take a little risk in order to help out a good friend. Here's your dime. Perhaps it seems like we have all the elements of an amicable business arrangement present in this room. With your slight frame and nearly simian agility, you would make an able second story man, Billy. Second story man? He means burglar, Billy. <laughs> ah, yes, precisely. I, of course, with my network of connections, would be honored to, well, negotiate a reasonable sum for whatever you retrieve with a local fence. Fans. He means somebody who buys stolen goods, Billy. And with our fine men in blue here... Uh, sorry, blue police uniforms in the wash. This week it's olive drab. Yes, with our boys in olive drab, we have someone to, shall we say, complete the equation by looking the other way. Looking the other way? He means that the sheriff and I might ignore the crime, probably in return for a percentage of the take. <laughs> I couldn't have put it better myself, deputy. Shall we say five percent for yourself and five again for Sheriff Cools? Billy and I shall split the remainder 70-20. Seventy percent? Now you're talking. Perhaps I misspoke. The 20% is for you, Billy. I, of course, receive a larger cut due to the inherent, shall we say, parents of the market for goods separated from their legal owner. You don't have to decide, Billy, because Mr. Greenstreet here is on today's episode of Deputize the Podcast to help us solve crimes, not to create new crimes. Ah, yes. Precisely so, Sheriff Cool. We found young Billy here shiftlessly working for a local lush. And now, thanks to our bargain, he's engaged in a work of more honest degree. Oh, uh, I don't see how that follows. Don't let the subtlety of the distinction trouble a mind like yours, Sheriff. You know, Billy, I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, uh, Deputy, uh, what just happened here? I'm not sure, Chief, but I think Mr. Greenstreet just flummoxed us. Why can't we get some more law-abiding folks to be deputized here on uh, Deputized? It's a mystery, boss man. I'll ask Daltrissa at dispatch to screen the interested parties better. Maybe do a little old criminal background check? What do you think, Thorne? Hey, Chief. I help. Didn't we drive here in the squad car? Why do you ask? Because we left it back at the old Willow's house. Oh, yeah, that's why my feet hurt so much. We shouldn't be walking. Kevin, it's time to thank the cast, and that thankless task falls to me. We'd like to thank Tony Flynn, Kevin Decker, Ryan Weldon, Rennie Yarrow, Ann Porter, Jody Stewart-Strobelt, Nancy Roth, 
We'd also like to thank Kevin Decker and Tony Flynn as the authors of today's sketches, as well as the Bad Plus for our theme song, Seven Minute Mind. I hope those of you listening at home have noticed that Tony and I have ended up thanking ourselves over the last 11 seasons. <laughs> we feel, we feel a lot of gratitude <laughs> to ourselves. We'd also like to, though, thank the three people who have, at various times, used a defibrillator on us. Vern Windham, Carrie Boyce, Nancy Roth, Nisha Schramm, and Savannah Rothi. And to the only man who turned down an opportunity to be an experimental test subject for the Large Hadron Collider, Brian Lindsay. 